KaiFM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Well, good morning and welcome to Barcelona. Well, that's where I am, and I'm here for the Mobile World Congress. And without question, this is the biggest and the best mobile conference. Well, mobile technology conference. <laughs> we need to be a little bit clearer than that. Mobile can cover a lot of different things. But essentially, this is where the entire mobile industry gets together, figures out what's coming next or showcases what's coming next, next in the mobile and technical sphere. They also tend to get together and figure out what customers need, what the needs of the global mobile community are, and showcase all the latest gizmos, gadgets, gear, technical stuff. I mean, it is a very technical conference. They talk about RANs and WANs and clouds, and I must tell you, I have had interviews where every second word was an acronym. It got so bad that this technical guy uh, apologized to me, said, if I'm using too many acronyms, please let me know. But... uh, That's the nature of the industry. It is acronym city, but there is some fundamental change. I know I've been rabbiting on about 5G over the last couple of months in the cloud and all this type of stuff, but the reality is 5G is now a thing officially. It is launched globally. In fact, uh, I'll talk a little bit about it later, but 5G has been announced in South Africa by a company called Rain. They're based in Stellenbosch. They have a global, global, they have a national footprint across the major cities and they are rolling out 5G as we speak in combination with Huawei and Eric and, and uh, Nokia in the back end. So 5G is no longer just a theoretical a product that's coming down the road that we're going to see in the next couple of years. It is absolutely here right now. And what was really fascinating is that one of the first uh, press conferences I went to was from LG. And LG announced in combination with Sprint a brand new V50 smartphone. And that's their well, the V40 they've just launched in South Africa, which is quite interesting. And that's a 4G uh, smartphone, but the new V50 smartphone is, has been launched at Mobile World Congress and it is actually going on sale. And what's fascinating is that this looks exactly like any other smartphone on the market currently. It's slim, it's sleek, it's got a good battery life and it's commercial. You can actually go in the, well, not right as of this moment, but in April of 2019, Sprint and LG will be launching their uh, 5G service in many cities across America, and you'll be able to use the LG V50 phone to connect to the 5G network and make calls, consume data, do whatever you need. Now, what's interesting about this device is that it's not only just a 5G, it's a dual SIM phone. Here's what's interesting. 5G will use a new SIM, not the same one as you've got right now. It'll be a brand new SIM to connect and you can put both a 4G and a 5G SIM into this phone, and it's seamless. So in, if you're in a 5G area, you'll connect via the 5G network. If you're in a 4G area, you're going to connect via the 4G network. And essentially, uh, you'll be connected to the latest and greatest in mobile technology. Now, they weren't the only ones. Uh, they're the first with a commercial device that's available and will be on sale, and customers will get their hands on it. And in many respects, people will just use it like a normal 
smartphone. So there won't be any fundamental difference between the two other than the capacity to go at incredible speeds and watch absolutely 4K video or stream 4K video at, you know, blinding speeds. But apart from that, the, the 5G networks are going to be spotty for the little, for the, for the meanwhile, and they're going to slowly but surely grow. But Samsung also showcasing a live 5G demo. And there are a couple of other manufacturers, Oppo, Xiaomi, um, were showing off their brand new 5G phones. What is really interesting, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes after our little commercial break, is that um, Huawei announced a 5G foldable phone as well. So 5G devices are now possible, they're now available, and more and more of them will come out. We won't see them in South Africa for the foreseeable future, but we'll talk a little bit more about that straight after this. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, hi there and welcome back. And if you can hear that I'm quite excited about the world of 5G, the bottom line is I actually am. The What was totally apparent on the show floor and at the Ericsson stand, and Ericsson being one of the major manufacturers of, of 5G mobile technology, that's the the base stations, the core networks, the antennas, the radios, everything that makes 5G, 4G, and mobile work just in general. Um, Nokia networks as well, uh, unfortunately, didn't have a chance to get onto the Huawei stand, but they didn't have any live demos of this type of equipment. But what the major manufacturers, both Ericsson and a couple of others, um, along with Nokia, were, were showcasing was actual use cases of 5G. So one of the coolest demos I had is that I sat in like a little racing car simulator type thing. It's as if I was playing a video game. And using a 5G connectivity, I actually drove a massive um, multi-link 10-ton truck in Sweden. So there I was sitting in Barcelona with a couple of screens in front of me, managing to drive an actual truck in real time. And the good news is I didn't kill the moose. They had a fake moose on the side of the road that you had to steer around. They had a couple of obstacles. And there I was physically driving an electric truck in Sweden, direct from Barcelona. And the benefit of 5G in this type of instance is very simple. There is no latency or very, very low latency. In other words, from how it works in a normal 4G signal, and anyone who's tried a speed test on their phone can show you that it takes about 30 to 40 to 60 milliseconds for the signal to reach the server and come back to your phone, and that's called latency. So it doesn't matter how fast your connection is. There's time. There's a lag between you doing something on your device and that device on the other side, the server responding to you. One of the major benefits of 5G is that the so-called latency has been cut down to under a millisecond mostly. And on these special dedicated 5G networks, which is a whole another thing called network slicing. But anyway, I won't get into that technical side of it at, at this point. But essentially, the latency is so low that you can directly operate machinery, vehicles, and all sorts of other equipment in real time using a 5G connection, which in many cases is not possible using a wired connection because you can't drive a car with a wire. You need 
a solid, reliable mobile connection that can follow this particular uh, car, whatever it is, across distance, down hills, around corners, and that is without question the pulse of 5G. One of the other use cases which was related to the truck that I was driving is that what they've figured out is that autonomous vehicles, especially for moving tons and tons of, of goods and services, especially in places like Europe and America, rail is big, air is big, but the main driver of commerce, the main driver of goods and services around the country is mobile. Is, is, is When I say mobile, I don't mean mobile phones. I mean cars, trucks, pantechnicans, all these massive transport um, efforts. And what they've found for sheer efficiency is that these are really – to have a human being sitting in a machine driving at long distance is actually very wasteful. So they've started, and in fact in Sweden they are doing it. You've got fully autonomous vehicles that um, are able to drive on the highway long distance. But here comes something important. What happens when those trucks get into an urban area where where the other vehicles on the road are not autonomous? So you've now got a fully autonomous vehicle driving by itself, no human being behind the the wheel, so-called. How do you do that? Well, utilizing 5G, what you can do is use remote drivers with full sight of of what the truck is seeing, actually taking control of that truck and driving it through an urban area using 5G, just as I did, um, and avoiding, you know, trucks and bicycles and other pedestrians and actually being in control of the vehicle without physically being in the vehicle. And 5G technology, the, the sheer capacity and the uh, reliability and the speed of 5G makes it entirely possible for drivers to take control of these massive trucks or any other vehicle, drive them through a city till they get back onto uh, a highway where the computer takes over, the the trucks platoon. In other words, they can sit within a couple of meters of each other and all speed on down the highway, avoiding all manner of obstacles and do it fully autonomously. Now, this sounds completely like science fiction, but it's actually stuff that is being worked on, planned and trialed right now across the world using the latest 5G technology. So people will say, who needs 5G? 5G is just, you know, I'm happy with the speed on my phone. I get the YouTube videos I want. I manage to do everything that I need. What would be the benefit of speed? Well, the benefit is not just speed. And we'll talk a little bit more about 5G and the implications of 5G a little bit later. But um, one of the other uh, press conferences I went to, and in fact, we've got the head of mobile for South Africa, Mr. Christian Haghofer for Sony Mobile. Um, I had a lovely little interview with him, and we're going to play that in a few minutes. But essentially, again, a lot of manufacturers use Mobile World Congress to launch all their latest devices, to showcase all their new phones. And without question, 5G was is the story of the show. It's all about last year, Mobile World Congress was all about a business model, uh, you know, looking for a business model for 5G. What are we going to do with 5G? How does 5G make money for us? And what are the use cases for 5G? That was 2018. 2019 was all about, here are the use cases. This is how we make money. This is how 5G benefits the world. This is why 5G is going to grow 
exponentially over the next two to three years. And uh, even in South Africa, as I said, RAN has launched their 5G network. You'll be able to use it as soon as April in Cape Town and Johannesburg. And for many, for most of us, it won't make a huge amount of difference, but the technology exists. It's going to grow really, 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 really quickly. And um, back to uh, the, the devices and everything. So I will talk a little bit about them straight after this interview, but essentially a number of manufacturers launched some really spectacular devices. The first that I saw was Nokia. Nokia mobile phones, which I've reviewed on the on the show, been very impressed with their quality, have decided to really create a massive flagship. And what did they do? They added five cameras to the back. It is the most weird-looking phone you've ever seen. There's this little rosette of five cameras and a flash on the back of the on the back of the camera. And I'll explain why um, when we get back after the the next break. But really, unbelievable value. It's going to be an, a relatively inexpensive phone. It's coming to South Africa. It'll be on sale in April in South Africa. My guesstimation, it's going to be in the region of ten to twelve thousand rand, and it has, without question, the most uh, spectacular camera you've ever seen. The other big news of the show was foldable phones. No question, if you live under a rock, you haven't seen it, but every everybody's been talking about brand new foldable phones. Samsung broke the news with the Galaxy Fold um, just before World Mobile Congress. Huawei showcased their version of it at World Mobile Congress. Royale was showing off theirs at World Mobile Congress, along with Alcatel and a couple of others. Do you need a foldable phone? That's debatable, but it certainly is really innovative new technology. And the the science fiction thing of having a screen that you can roll up, uh, pop in your pocket and uh, use whenever you want to or paste on the wall or do whatever you want to do with it is becoming more of a reality. They're not quite that thin yet. They're not quite that flexible yet. But the fact is that a foldable screen is now an absolute reality. So we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors. And then we're going to come back with my interview with Christian Hagoffer, who is the head of Sony Mobile in South Africa, just to give us some insight about what Sony are doing and where they're going uh, in, in the mobile space. Hi, FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning. Welcome to Tech Talk Cafe right here on Hi FM, live from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. Even though this is a recording, it's still live from Mobile World Congress. And with me is Christian Haghofer, who's the head of Sony Mobile in South Africa. And Christian has been in South Africa a few years, working hard to bring Sony Mobile back to all the Sony fans. And uh, welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about what Sony's up to here at uh, World Mobile Congress this year. Yeah, hi Stephen. Good seeing you again. Uh, now it's been a kind of a small routine. <laughs> Absolutely. Every year, once, yeah. once in a while, we talk about new Sony products, and uh, I think this year is a, is a is an important year for Sony. I think this year uh, you can see like the company evolving into something bigger around 5G. Not only us, or all the other well, brands. Well, 5G is without question the major theme. And the, the cool news is, uh, I mentioned to you, Rain are launching 5G. They've announced it. It's announced in Barcelona, of all places, uh, with our friends Huawei. They, they actually are 
releasing the first commercial 5G installation in Africa as we speak. Yeah. So 5G is a big deal. 5G is a big deal, and it's a big deal for Sony also. So all our technology, not only being mobile phones, but uh, televisions, digital cameras, camcorders, gaming, is all built based around 5G. What you can see here in, in Barcelona is basically our forefront of our 5G-enabled devices. So we have announced a fantastic new flagship called Xperia 1, which won already a couple of awards, uh, Tech Advisor Best in Show, MWC Award Best Phone. And also we have, especially for South Africa, announced a couple of very interesting uh, mid-entry smartphones. In the One series? In, in the, what well, we call it, change the naming, so it's going to be basically Xperia 10 and 10 Plus. Okay. And we have another entry phone called L3 uh, that we announced all here yesterday. And uh, all around centered our, our basically flagship model, which is Xperia 1. Why 5G and why Xperia 1? Because basically what Sony is, as a creative entertainment company, that's how we position ourselves these days, we want to bring users closer to creators and vice versa. So we have announced our first uh, 4K 21.9 uh, smartphone. Now 20, 21.9. I mean, let's 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 break it down. So because this is a radio show, not a visual show. Essentially, the the device is extremely long and quite narrow, very similar to what you'd see in a cinema. You know, the cinemascope type video uh, presentation. Is that is that what the new design looks like? It suggests uh, to uh, be used, uh, basically, coming up from the cinema. So we have a technology called CineAlter. It's used in a professional uh, environment. And uh, Sony actually brought, as the first smartphone vendor, we have an aspect ratio of 21.9. So usually our smartphones, you know, when they, they merge from 16.9, 18.9, into something 20, 20.5. So we are the first to announce in 2019, so it's a nice word, in 2019, <laughs> a 21.9 ratio. Okay, okay. Which gives users more from the screen. So the, de the device is a 6 and 6 and a 5 inch. So you don't device. lose all the edges of you the screen, of the picture. You don't lose all the edges the notches and everything. So you can basically consume data or consume uh, different apps in one screen in the same time, thanks to Android 9. But you can also have, uh, if, you, if you consume any, any media, being it on Netflix, any other content aggregators, you can see the cinematic viewing experience on your phone. Yeah, whereas normally what happens, you, you, you focus on the middle and you lose all the detail on the edges. Which, exactly. is, which is not normally a problem for viewing, but it's better if you can see the whole thing, I would imagine. It gives you a whole different user experience. That's, so that's consuming, a good point. Consuming data is, is booming, so everybody is downloading data being expensive still, but everybody is, is, is towards, you know, your YouTube, your social media channels, uh, being connected all the time, consuming data and video. And the way you consume data and the way you view data and the way you, 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 you view content while you work on your phone, this is possible with 21 online. But in all other aspects, this new range of phones are still latest technology, tick all the boxes. Give us a little insight into what, what they contain compared to the other flagships or, you know, not even compared, but what they contain that make them flagship-style product. Yeah, well, our center device, which will come in July, our Xperia 1, is the best of the best. So it's the latest Qualcomm processor, it's a triple camera, it has 21.9 4K uh, audio video recording capabilities, it has a fantastic battery, 
it has fingerprint, it's waterproof. So basically all you can think about a phone. So every spec you can think every of spec is, is basically on power better than any of the other players out there. Our, our entry range, which basically comes at a very affordable price compared to other uh, products, like we're talking, you know, like we're talking like a 7999, 6999, price points here. So those are very affordable both on contract and cash. For a 6.5 inch yep. and a 6 inch device and a 5 to 7 inch device, it's very affordable, yes. And the two middle ones are the 10s are the new 21.9 aspect ratio exactly. as well. So the 10s, the 10s and the 10 plus both have 21.9 aspect ratio. The 10 plus comes with optical zoom additionally. Okay. But it's okay. also quite cool. That is cool. And your entry level product, the L3, L3 that is a, a more standard ratio type device. It's your solid quality entry phone uh, for the casual users, easy hand fit, uh, solid design, 5.7 inch uh, with uh, good camera and uh, strong battery. So it's basically your day-to-day use phone. Still on 18.9 screen because so price-wise we're looking the modern at aspect ratio. It's, exactly. It's, but it looks, very, slim looks and very sleek and light as all our phones do. If you have touched them and you look at our new phones and even though the size is quite six, six or five inch, it's extremely lightweight. And the design is like a, a very finished, smooth, uh, high-end uh, material. So, but now, Sony's had some interesting challenges. I mean, there have been a lot of rumors in the market that the small players, which unfortunately Sony, like HTC, are, are struggling to maintain their market share. Do you believe the new focus from Sony will assist in bringing that bringing Sony back in some ways? I think we have to look at it a bit of picture. So, as well, literally, know, it's a longer picture. Yeah, it's also a bigger picture. <laughs> resist, excuse me. <laughs> it's a bigger picture, not only on your phone, but also yeah. for the company itself. So Sony had, uh, for the second time in a, in a row now, overall speaking as a company, uh, his best performance like the last 20, 21 years. So like a multi-billion company with a good amount of profit. Where Sony mobile phones or mobile phones play a very, very small role. But if you look at the 5G market out there, which will be connecting all those devices in low latency, that will change the market. And, and, and Sony wants to position themselves as a, as a creative entertainment company who is able to combine all those assets, playing it the hardware, playing it the content side, and playing it the entertainment side. Because Sony's got a massive content creation side, which a lot of people don't even realize. They do professional gear for content creation. Uh, pretty much some of the best in the world as far as I'm concerned. So that's, you're going to try to combine all these areas into a much more dynamic company in some ways. Um, Company-wise, I would say it stays the same, but I think the user experience will change. So basically, if you're able to create your own cinematic uh, movie of your family, with told this around, you know, in 4K display, high resolution... I think that's the kind of things that consumers will more and more do in the future. And sharing, being able to share that content with anybody in the world on different... So getting back to where Sony is positioning itself, essentially entertainment content is going to be key to drive usage of data and all these new high-speed platforms. Exactly, that creating those those entertainment experiences, as we call it, uh, being it uh, music audio driven, being it content driven, being it movie driven, 
basically that's that's the, the kind of experience we want to achieve with our hardware in general. So the Sony user isn't out there for the cheapest. The Sony user consumer isn't out there for something that uh, like a first move thing. The Sony user is out there now because he wants to combine different world, different experiences on on a good quality device with a, with a very solid brand. So and the ecosystem, in a way, is going to become more important than the individual device. Correct, you can say that so. But what other devices are going to then combine within the Sony ecosystem to make it a more complete? I mean, how would your phone, for example, interact with a TV? On a global sort of Yeah, South Africa is the wrong place to discuss that. Because, uh, Unfortunately, as we know, no, there are no TVs <laughs> at the moment. There's no TVs, and there's fantastic 4K, 8K stuff coming out uh, around the world that basically on the quality you can, you're used to, you know, watching on the Sony TV, basically the same kind of quality you have in the moment. I saw that one demo where they actually showed what was being shown on one of your 4K TVs and versus the HDR and non-HDR yes. qualities of, of the, the phone, which makes a huge difference to the quality of the picture. Yeah, but also the OLED screen in itself. You know, we're using the same kind of technology on our phones, on our flagship phones, and we're using those on those TVs. So it's a pr- the, the, the one is a premium phone from a visual... I mean, I had a brief demo in that one theater there because uh, the phones themselves are not actually on open releases yet. But they did show them in the, the theater. And the quality of the picture was pretty startling, to put it mildly. I mean, the whites were incredible, the contrasts were amazing, and the colors were incredibly accurate. Is that something that you feel is a big differentiator? Yeah, but also those features. You know, there's a cinematic app yeah. installed on the phone, so you can record your own movie. There is a... And edit your own movie. Edit your own movie, like on a professional environment. Uh, there is an eye autofocus mode in the camera. In the yes, yes, yes. I so saw that demo the, the, as well. The sensor follows your eyes wherever you move. Just and quite, and just follows quite. the person. I saw that poor yeah. lady standing there for three days, wandering around the stand. But camera, camera yeah. in itself will, will be the center stone, you know, the cornerstone of all our technologies around Sony. So you know, you know, we're providing decent camera models to other vendors also, leading, leading smartphone vendors in the industry. So the quality of our alpha division, and we've created a business unit now combining cameras and mobile phones. Those two are merging together. And we can see, like, basically the camera, it's not about megapixels anymore, it's about, you know, what you can do behind, you know, in the sensor, in the memory, in the, the computational side, the computation of the images. Yeah. And especially when it's moving images, you know, and in low-light conditions, and in special conditions, adding sound to it, adding other elements to it, being part of something live with 5G or, or, or 4G or whatever, that would be a major major dominant factor in the future for consumer behavior. No question. So if you're a, a, a vlogger or a community photographer, or it doesn't matter what you do, the new devices will make it a lot easier to share and to take high-quality video and still images, I would imagine. I think the sharing process is pretty much the same, but I think the quality of the image will make the difference. And this, what is the, what is Sony's response to all these cameras with five cameras at the back and the multiple camera story? Is this something that you guys have looked at? Is there, I mean, the number of lenses has grown on the back of a one. They're now three, whereas there used to be one. So have they looked at this environment? Is there a need to increase the number of sensors? Maybe you've noticed, you know, there's a, there's a direct correlation between number of uh, cameras and battery size. 
<laughs> That's so, actually a very good point. <laughs> because the more cameras you need to operate, the picture quality probably stays the same, uh, but your camera consumption is, is a massive difference. On the battery? On the battery. So the battery consumption basically to operate more hardware uh, for a minimum effect on the picture quality. So this trade-off has to be seen, right? You know, you want a slim device, you know, you still want to have a, a device that doesn't heat. Uh, so, and the number of, uh, of lenses, so our, our flagship has three in the front, um, in the back, sorry. Yeah. And uh, our others have two. Uh, we believe uh, that's, 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 that's enough uh, to satisfy to get the quality the best that you qualities want. that you need. You know, it's not a question of megapixels. It's, not a, it's a more a question of sensors, technology behind. I mean, look at the digital camera. You know, you have one big lens. But obviously, I think they try to compensate for the fact that a, a, a cell phone is super slim. You can't really put very deep, complex lenses into a terribly slim little unit. So they compensate by having more more lenses across more sensors. I, I'm not the expert here. I'm asking. It's it's, it's kind of human behavior. Mm. You know, you think you get more because there's more holes on your phone. <laughs> uh, In fact, I, I saw the cover for the one phone with five sensors. It is extremely funny. It looks like they chopped out bits yes, like yes, mad. Yes, yes. But I think there's other trends like uh, displays. You know, look what's going up here. You know, look at the foldable displays. You know, those kind of things. Like people would like to see more. You know, people would like to to consume more and people would like to do more with anything that they have, you know. Because what I have seen here is that the, the base tech of all these top-end devices has become fairly generic, the same processors, the same base technologies. And um, we're now seeing differentiation into what I would like to do with my particular device, what's important to me. So you can choose based on your particular needs rather than which is the best camera or the best this or the best that on the market. Is that something that Sony is seeing as well in the market? Yes, exactly. If you look at our uh, aspect ratio, so basically the, the notion of multitasking that Android 9 enables us to do on the 2109 screen, so you can fully consume uh, a video in original content while answering your emails. In two separate screens in because, two separate of because of the size. Because of the size. You don't need two screens to be able to do that. So we make it possible on one screen. Because you know to fold a device and all the other things, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a hardware thing that, especially for customer service, it's quite tricky. You know, to, to I would maintain. imagine. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting challenges. But it's, it's innovation. It's innovation. Yeah, and that innovation is, true. is important for us. And innovation. Sony is living all about innovation. But I think coming back to cameras, I mean. If you buy a smartphone nowadays, you kind of expect a decent camera on your smartphone. Absolutely. So the times, you know, when there was a big difference in terms of picture quality, are more or less over, right? If you had four, five, six, two cameras, you know, it's more like a cosmetic marketing message of how much sensors you want to build behind every screen and uh, how much money you can ask for a certain device. So, so affordability is also a key for us. And affordability means, you know, like... The most expensive thing on the phone is the memory, actually. Okay, so it's not the interesting. So the memory is, is, is very important. And you look, you know, you're 128, 64 gigs in a ROM, RAM. I mean, this is the this is the expensive stuff on the phone, next to the design and to make the product work. But the camera is essential, uh, uh, but doesn't dictate uh, the image and the quality of the phone anymore as it used to be. And Sony phones. absolutely do have. Uh, an advantage over other manufacturers as they own their own camera company and make some top-notch DSLR-type 
and as I said, professional cameras, which a lot of the stuff is shot on. So you also mentioned that you've got a special deal coming up with, or potentially special deal with content providers in South Africa, like Netflix, like Showmax. Uh, I don't know if that's something you want to share with us now, but does that highlight where you want to position your product in terms of of consumption of, of video and content? Yeah, there's a constant discussion with our network operator partners to to get more data to the consumers. Uh, and obviously to price our, our product, uh, not giving it a price tag, but more giving it a value tag. So, so there's inherent it's irrelevant value. whether it's 299, 399, 349 on a contract. It's more important what do I get for the 399, 349, 299 on a monthly basis. So we're looking very carefully on the data package and we're looking carefully on the content package. So obviously there is players out there. And you have seen in our press announcement there was a big Netflix image. Correct. Uh, Correct. On our, on our, so basically Netflix does support 21 of 9 original content already. Which is interesting because at CES and shows before there were a lot of specially designed modes for Netflix. It recognizes that it's a Sony TV and adjusts for best picture on the fly. You don't have to do anything. You just connect to Netflix on a Sony TV and you get an optimized picture, which is really clever. Is the same thing going to happen on the one? And on the 10, on the 10 plus. Oh, okay. So not so only on the across premium. All across the all the devices. Currently now, if you if you stream, not only Netflix. You know, there is content available on other platforms. On YouTube, places like on that. On YouTube, but even on, on you know on your DSTV now, on your Showmax, on your Black, on your Video Play. You name the local players, they all have that content. So people are just not used to consume it in that way that Netflix does. Okay. So fair I think point. It's, it's, it's it's a very nice market development that you can see, like holding our phone comparing it with any other phone and consumed it. That well, I must admit, the quality of the screen that I saw yesterday is pretty insane. I have not seen many, if any, mobile devices with that quality of picture up to now. Obviously, it's a demo and it's optimized, but still very, very impressive. So when will it's we... Not, it's not optimized. Oh, it's yeah, just no, standard. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't right, turn point our... Taken. We, we, turn, no, no, we don't turn enough. our... You don't have demo no, mode. No, we don't have that. We have a retail mode which is basically a commercial product that plays a retail movie, yes. Uh, but basically, it's not optimized for demonstration purposes. Okay, perfect. So now, when will these be available in South Africa? So the 10, the 10 Plus, uh, and the L3, we're going to hit market uh, end March. Okay, so very so soon. Very soon. Uh, the 1, you have to be patient a little bit more, like we're looking into July. Okay, I think there's it's quite a groundbreaking design and probably a little bit of tweaking and fiddling needs to be done before it hits the market. But that's brilliant. Well, and as as you can see, we've run out of time. It goes really quickly when you're talking tech right here on IFM. But thank you so much for joining us here at World Mobile. And we'll be watching and seeing some nice, tall, slim devices coming to the market very shortly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stephen. You're welcome. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Well, welcome back. And that was quite a deep dive into the latest devices and, and, and product from Sony Mobile, which I can tell you <clears throat> they had a really impressive stand and obviously are going to take the mobile space extremely seriously. They've got some incredibly good tech around camera, obviously, but still the the, the feel of the new devices is amazing, high quality. And interestingly, the 21 by 9 aspect ratio may appear weird at first 
glance, but it's actually quite cool because the phone is quite tall, still very light and well balanced, but longer than it's it's wide, so it's easy to handle. A little bit of a struggle to get to the top of the screen with your thumb, but Android 9 tends to make that a little bit easier to deal with. But overall, it's an interesting take. It's a new way of looking at things. And as I mentioned in the interview, we, we've reached a point of technical parity amongst the various top phones. So the processor quality, the amount of memory, the camera quality, whether it's five lenses, three lenses, four lenses, Lenses, one lens is irrelevant. I mean, Google have done an amazing job with their Pixel 3 and one camera, never mind having multiple lenses. But all of this innovation really does create an environment of, of choice for the consumer. You can pick a product you like. You can assume that it'll have all the, the radios, the technical specs and everything. So if you're a Sony fan, you're invested in the Sony ecosystem, Currently, unfortunately, you can't get Sony TVs in South Africa. But if you do have these pieces of equipment, it absolutely makes sense for you to invest in that product and not feel that another product is just leagues ahead. Now, unfortunately, I can see our time is running out. There's just so much to talk about. But I just want to give a quick overview of what 5G is, what it means, and how quickly it's coming across the world. Between Huawei Ericsson and Nokia, who are the three three big player infra, three big infrastructure players globally. There are a lot of other companies that work with them and in combination with them and in conjunction with them in terms of services, particular parts, products, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they're the three big guys who spend an enormous, enormous amount of money on research and development. They're part of the whole global standard setting committee that creates the standards with a GSMA um, around mobile technology. So every every time they take a step forward, 4G, 3G, 5G, whatever, even talking 6G right now, can you believe this? But anyway, when you move through these various standards, it's an iterative process. It takes years. 5G has been in production for years now, three to four, five years, I think. And the final, final standard will be ratified sometime in the middle of 2019, even though it's gone commercial. The standards are set. Not much change is coming. And the benefit of 5G is multiple in many, many respects for lots of technical reasons. In the good old days, 2G was very spectrally inefficient. In other words, it's a radio signal. It runs on a spectrum. And what 2G used to do is just take a huge chunk of spectrum, send low-quality voice over that spectrum, and use it all up with very little capacity. As they've moved from 2G to 3G to 4G, it's gone fully digital. 2G was almost an analog-style um, operation. 3G started bringing in digital. 4G fully um, went digital, so voice over LTE, uh, which you can now get in South Africa, both on MTN and Vodacom, is a fully digital system. 5G extends that even further. It's completely virtualized in some respects in the back end. It's a completely new age digital system. But it also adds a couple of things which you're going to hear about. It's called massive MIMO, multi-in, multi-out, uh, using multiple antennas, using multiple frequencies, which gives the capacity of 5G which is an order of magnitude greater than 4G. So if 4G could handle 100 
5G can handle 100,000 utilizing the same spectrum and the same resources that 4G had. And this is where 5G becomes a significant player. We've all heard about the IoT. We've all heard about the Internet of Things, same thing. But essentially, more and more devices globally are connecting. More and more devices are connecting at high speed and high capacity. So watching video used to be more than good enough to watch in standard definition on a little screen. Well, those days are far gone. Even HD, which is four times the the data of, a, of an SD or standard definition uh, connection, is no longer good enough. You now need, well, not need, but why shouldn't you watch video in 4K, which is, again, four times. It's 16 times the data requirements and capacity of a standard definition And when you do, even on a small six and a half inch screen, when you watch 4K HDR video, the quality of the details, the quality of the colors, the quality of the picture is absolutely mind boggling. So it'll become standard. You just will only watch these unbelievable high quality pictures. And for many, many reasons, that's just one use case in terms of high quality video, streaming high quality video. But the number of of um, devices that are going to be connecting, attaching, sending information up and down. The amount of data that is being used in so-called artificial intelligence or machine learning instances, the the capture, the analysis, the dealing with this vast amount of data, which is moving around the world from one virtual cloud server to another virtual cloud service, service back to your handset, back to another device, back to your business back to the consumer, all this a massive amount of data moving around needs an unbelievably solid, ultra-high capacity network in order to do that. And the world we live in, it used to be able to be done through fiber, through cables, and yet, yes, fiber and cables are probably still the best way to move data around the world in a fixed environment. But more and more, we're on the move. We've got massive fancy computers, which we call smartphones in our pocket, which can do enormous processing, process video, take video, share information, play music, play movies, do all sorts of really amazing things. And it's got to be mobile. Your car is a moving technological wonder. It has hundreds of computers built in. It's sending, it potentially will be sending information, receiving information, navigating, self-driving, you name it. All of this needs an unbelievable, solid, and high-quality network. And that is what 5G does. So from what I saw this week at World Mobile Congress, we're now moving into an area where this nonsense of of saying, hello, hello, I can't hear you, Uh, can I connect, what's going on, voice dropping, driving down the road, and suddenly your data disappears, buffering on, um, on a YouTube video. I mean, that is trivial stuff. On 5 it's built into 5G is so extensive and so remarkable. I mean, I saw a demonstration where live demo, this was a live demo of, an, of thousands of users in a particular area where you could actually drill down to an exact user, Mr. X. Mr. X is a high-value user on our network. He spends a lot of money, and he is struggling at that position where he is right now to watch a YouTube video without buffering. Or he's run out of data 
at that position and he's struggling to get something done. We can adjust for him using our setup, using 5G to focus the signal on him. In other words, you can beam, it's called beamforming. You can actually form the signal to improve his performance at a particular place, at a particular time, in real time. And it's one teeny little um, aspect of what 5G technology will bring. And for all of us, the, the sheer quality of our mobile experience will improve. So it's not about how fast 5G is. That's irrelevant. You can only consume data as fast as you can consume data. And 4G does a good job bringing data at pretty high speed to you. Yes, the latency is a lot better. But I think more and more it is clear that the business case of 5G is to bring both fiber style connectivity profit to a, a, a little dongle sitting on your desktop. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you are doing. The promise of 5G is awesome capacity in terms of sheer amount of data that can be moved between devices, between countries, between data centers. At the same time, the quality of that connection should theoretically be orders of magnitude better than we have now. The whole question of dropped calls should essentially go away. I mean, obviously, physically, if you're in a steel box like an elevator or a lift, you can struggle with signal. And yet, again, because of the nature of technology, repeaters in the lift itself connected via 5G outside of the metal box should be able to give you a seamless, solid connection without any problem whatsoever. The ability of 5G to work across multiple frequencies, so low frequencies go through boxes. High frequencies can't go through a concrete or brick wall. And if you can automatically switch between all, all these frequencies in real time at any time, with you between the phone and the base station, you can maintain a connection that is solid and pretty much unbreakable over any scenario, whether you're in the basement, whether you're on the roof, whether you're in an elevator, it makes no difference. You will stay connected and you'll stay connected at a level of quality that is going to be pretty impossible to break. So now, unfortunately, I can see we're running out of time. But between the recent launch of the new Samsung Galaxy S10, which I just missed in South Africa, but I will have a full review for you next week, great range of new phones, the Galaxy Fold, which was the first foldable phone on the market, not to be released yet, apparently a few technical issues to sort out, but coming soon to the Huawei um, Mate X Fold, uh, also coming sometime in the middle of the year at some remarkable price of around about 40,000, 45,000 rand. All of these are really expensive. Experimental things, but such cool technology. The one folds in, the other one folds out. Do you need a folding phone? Discussion for another show. In fact, I wouldn't mind getting a couple of SMSs. What you think about that? Having a foldable tablet in your pocket? Is it necessary? Do you need it? Send an SMS to Hi or send me an email at Stephen at Hi dot But all of that stuff just shows that the mobile industry is definitely alive and well. All having tapas in Barcelona right now. But it is a dynamic, growing, new, and exciting space. And 5G is going to absolutely revolutionize things. Now, Craig is WhatsApping me. It's time to wrap up. Unfortunately, 
I have so much more that I need to share, but we're going to have to break this over a couple of episodes. But from the 5G world of Mobile World Congress and from the handset heaven that I've been playing with all these new toys and gadgets, this is Stephen Ambrose for HiFM reporting live from Barcelona. Until next week, where I'll be back in Johannesburg so we can talk directly about all these new developments and all the new toys. This is me signing out from Barcelona, Spain.